0: There it is. We are live. It was actually on time this time. How do you like that?
1: Wow. It's Impressive. a miracle. Impressive. All right, Impressive. ladies and gents, uh, ever have to deal with CPS services, uh, deal with some oh. juvenile issues? Not an easy topic to talk about, but we're going to talk about it today. So here we go.
0: Here we go.
2: Shut up, Shut up and, sit and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Business. (laughs) (laughs) Bones! What up, ladies
0: and gents? Happy Hoop Day! Hoop Day! (laughs) Ham Here we go! All right. Today, I'm excited to introduce yet another awesome guest to the Business Bros Pod. This special guest is a fellow Junto masterminder whose heart of gold inspired a commitment to personal service and promotion of justice for individuals from vast social, economic, cultural, and financial backgrounds. In other words, if you need legal help, she's the one to call. Our guest started her legal career by helping exonerate the wrongly convicted, and followed that up by representing people who fell on hard times and faced housing crises. Our guest is now the principal attorney attorney at the law firm that she founded, inspired to do so to provide the highest quality service as an advocate to children in need and in business transactional law. Her firm has represented companies in the purchase of multi-million dollar businesses, an absolute professional and veritable yeah. rock star in court from Connective Legal Services APC. Welcome to the show. Annie Greenlee
3: Welcome to the program Annie. Hey, hey. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here.
1: A fellow Huntonian Hunto, is can we call Hintonian. it a Huntonian? <laughs> yeah. That's super awesome. Then that means if if I say something like, you know, did you do your week sheet, you absolutely know what the heck I'm talking about.
0: That's
1: a freaking way all right andy uh let's start with our basic intro stuff i want to know uh how, how you have quite the intro that james laid out tell me a little bit about yourself and how how you got into uh doing exactly what you're doing now in in the law field that you're working in
3: Well, I graduated law school in 2008, which, as most people know, was kind of a hard time for the job market. So I started my legal career working with a lot of nonprofits because they needed help. And um, I fell in love with doing a lot of that social justice work. And it became more of a passion project of mine to make sure that everyone had access to Justice and legal services, and to this day, it is a strong belief of mine that everybody should be able to have that opportunity.
1: So you're dealing with the uh, with juveniles, is what I read on the website. Some people have to deal with CPS services. Um, you know that that kind of tugs a, a little bit of my heartstrings, uh, mainly because because my little brother went through some stuff, right? I mean, he had all kinds of of things that went on in his life that were, uh, nothing compared to, to things I had to deal with. And he had to deal with things like the juvenile system, the court system and all that stuff. Um, and it, it's something where some of these people are very, uh, unrepresented. And so they get in a little bit of trouble and it spirals the rest of their life. It continues to take them in a path that, uh, had they had a little bit of help, had somebody been there to advocate for them, uh, it may have been it might have been different
3: totally i i completely agree with that and that's why we try to intervene pretty early we try to represent them at all stages of whether it's a delinquency issue or dependency issue and try to guide them i think that um, my approach is definitely a holistic approach you're right that a lot of people do have issues and it starts spiraling. So if you really have an opportunity to intervene early, you know, get them services through a social worker, get them good mentorship, you can really make a difference in a lot of young people's lives. So so why
1: this this aspect why why go in this direction there's so many different types of law that you could have gotten into you could have been working on contracts you could have been working on i don't know corporate cases and uh, you know all kinds of different stuff why this direction what
3: about that
1: uh you know tug at your heartstrings
3: well I, I do those things actually as well but the reason why this is so important to me is you know you see one or two cases a firm that i was hired for before actually specialized in juvenile dependency law and i thought the first year i was going to die because it was really tough on the heartstrings and then over time i realized that you have an ability to be part of this great solution the problem will be there regardless of whether or not i decide to participate in it or not but because of my unique skill set then i have the ability to advocate on a legal level for a lot of young kids who otherwise don't have those services. And that's why I think over time, when you do talk to a lot of the the youth that we represent, um, you, you just have an amazing connection with them. I have kids that, are you know, 2530 now and they still call me once in a while. That's an amazing lifetime relationship to have with somebody regardless of whether or not you're an attorney or somebody else.
1: Are you, are you, so you're doing both, you're doing on the business side and the juvenile side. Um, Is one more like on a pro bono side where you're helping uh, more disadvantaged or you're doing them both uh, like full time gigs and they're they're the main source of business? How how does your firm operate?
3: Um, I would say some of the juvenile dependency cases I have are definitely more pro bono or I take them at a lower fee for sure. Um, But both of them, actually, I do work on every single day. Uh, you know, my morning today, I was working on a contract for a school district. And then afterwards, I'm jumping on a, a juvenile dependency case and getting prepared for a court a court hearing I have tomorrow morning. So both of them are passions of mine. And I love to see both of them grow. Uh, for businesses, I have the ability to just um, help them scale and help them look at their legal issues and see what we can do better. And for youth, I get to help shape their, their youth and hopefully give them a, a pathway to make sure they're successful in the future.
1: So if you, uh, if you're going through your day and you have to get ready for court, uh, is it like the whole TV court scene? What's, what's court like for you that, that you love being in there and, and, I don't know. Standing in front of the judge, you like the on the defense side. Are you, are you helping? You know, your, I, I have no idea what it's like because I've never been in that sort of situation. The most I've ever done in court is I go in and like pay a traffic ticket or something. What's court like from the point of view of an attorney?
3: Well, um, I will say that I've had a couple of colleagues have the law and order ringtone on their cell phones and every (laughs) once in a while it does go off, it's pretty amazing. (laughs) Um, Court court generally is is pretty standard. I think uh, you go in and there is a lot of waiting, but a lot of times it's an opportunity for a kid or a parent or whoever is there for court to say their piece and have their day in court, so to speak. So sometimes it's about being that voice and and being able to say there needs to be a change here. And we've talked to this person and that hasn't changed. We've talked to the social worker and this hasn't changed. Or we've talked to this other community advocate and, you know, the situation isn't better yet. So, Judge, we would like you to help us make. Not the hearing itself, you know, that part can be kind of boring, but the ability to give someone a voice that doesn't otherwise have the voice. So
1: you kind of cut out there towards the end, but uh, that's We'll we'll keep going. It's the Internet, right? That's what we have to deal with from time to time. All right. um, When you're when you're dealing with some of these kids, um, there's more to just the case itself. The families have certain situations. There's cultural things that are involved. Um, sometimes you have parents that are there or absentee. Uh, how do you how do you deal with the emotional side of seeing something like that and only dealing with the legal side, but trying to trying to disconnect yourself as a human when you see some things that you know you almost want to take these people under your wing and be like, I, I got you. I, I you know I'm, I'm taking care of you. You just can't do that with everybody. How do you How do you deal with that?
3: So, so on the internet, are you allowed to say drinking is a response to how do I deal with it? Like, that <laughs> I'm sure it can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> no, you uh, got to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say you you count everything as a win. Sometimes it's not about did the judge rule in your favor. Um, a win can be anything from your client having an opportunity to speak and in their own particular words say what they need to say and be able to face people who they've never been able to face before um sometimes a win is being able to just get a little closer towards your goal even though it's not what you want you're, you're that much closer to what you need and, and i think that when you remember the wins when you remember that one kid who was in jail for you know six months and he finally turned his life around he saw you know, smoking weed and doing things that he probably shouldn't have been doing, and really see him grow into a full adult who's really productive member of society, you think about that. And every time that you have a hardship, you remember that's the ones you fight for. That's why we're here.
1: Yeah, those kids, yeah, that that definitely sticks in your head. So Speaking of why you're here and, and, you know, trying to push through, we've had a couple female lawyers, uh, Viviana orpesa say, you know, she gave you a little round of applause when you got on here. We've had Kelly Williams, um, uh, and we've had some male attorneys too, like Dan Fulkerson on, on, on the podcast. What's it like being a woman in that space? And I've asked every every female that that attorney that's been on here, and they all kind of say the same type of thing. I'm wondering what your experience has been like as a female attorney, uh, you know, in in the business, running your own thing.
3: Well, I, I would definitely say that it probably is a little bit challenging. There are certainly things that we still have to break through. Um, as a minority woman who is in a field that is predominantly uh, dominated by like white males, you do have colleagues who definitely may not treat you like their other male colleagues. And sometimes you have to work a little bit harder in order to show that you are definitely competent, that you are there to play hardball, and you're de- definitely not stepping down from your position. So certainly, I think there's a little bit more of a, I'm here, I- I'm completely uh, ready to do this case and I'm ready to go head to head with you. And just because that you may think that I'm different from you, doesn't mean that I can't go toe to toe with you.
1: Boom, all right. So I'm gonna ask you about your biggest struggle. It's time for. So You're dealing with the uh i guess we can even call it as so far as to say the chauvinistic uh era of attorneys there could be there's some great male attorneys out there but then you're you are predominantly ruled by a by a different type of attorney what are some of what's probably one of your biggest struggles that you've ever had to come across you don't have to mention any names i know attorney client that sort of stuff but uh but what's something that you've you've come across where you had to overcome this struggle where you couldn't believe that this thing is actually
3: happening. And yet here it is. Um, Actually, so um, I'm an Asian American. And one thing that sometimes happens is that we have great genes. We look like we're 18 forever until we're 60 for whatever reason. And, uh, <laughs> That actually makes a lot of people think that I look very young when I'm probably the same age as them. So I definitely have had questions from people who say, are you old enough to be my attorney? So luckily, that happens less and less or maybe unluckily. But I will say that it is a struggle to demonstrate, again, that I am um, completely prepared and I've had the training, education experience to definitely perform what I need to do on a certain case.
1: Oh man, the struggle is real. You have to deal with the people that that say you're too young. Then you go and meet with a family that just completely breaks your heart. So you gotta go home and you gotta go buy that whiskey bottle and then you get ID and you're gonna <laughs> be in the office. Like that struggle is real.
3: <laughs> actually, I I actually like getting carted at the store and it makes me think, oh, you know what? I still I still got it. You know, I still look <laughs> like I might be under 21. So I, I love that part of going to the store. Um, but, you know, I, I think that I just have such a great support network, including uh, James, who just always encourage me. And again, I have a lot of great clients who really do show me that you can definitely beat the odds. And that's what definitely drives my day. And I love seeing how many success stories there are.
1: Awesome. All right. So I'm going to ask you a different segment here. goals and achievements. So you've been in business for yourself for a while now. You've, uh, you've worked for another attorney, you work in two different types of field of law. Uh, What's the overall goal for you? What are you trying to achieve? Like if if the world was set in perfect motion for you? What would that look like?
3: I would love that my Legal legacy is to make sure that there is more access to justice. There is more access to legal services than there are now. What I would love to see, and it might be a side project of mine, is looking at how a lot of businesses can do some different dispute resolutions in a way that will be a little bit more efficient than the systems we have now. Um, You might be aware that sometimes when people get sued or you sue somebody. It takes a long time to get through the system before you get a result. So I'd, I'd like to see that there are other attorneys out there who are working on this as well, so that we can come up with creative solutions to make sure people, you know, come away a little happier and come away with a solution a little faster than today.
1: Yeah, that legal system can drag sometimes. Why, why do you, why does that usually happen? Why, why is there such a delay in the system? I mean, not that you have control over when the judge sets the next, you know, hearing type stuff, but why do you feel that, that it, it is a long drown out process? Because. I'll be honest. Like there's sometimes when you know my kids want to get they get in trouble and and swift discipline from mom and dad come into play and and like that's the end of it. And yet with our legal system, a lot gets drawn out. It could take you know something happens and it's a year, two years, five years before we finally get you know some sort of closure on the case if there's no appeals or anything like that.
3: Well, that's a pretty loaded question. There are many reasons why that's true. I I would say that one of those reasons is the fact that it takes a while to get information. Let's just say that I sued you on a contract. And so your attorney says, okay, can, can you give me a bunch of your records to show me that you have paid this person and that you don't owe them any money? Well, it may take you, you know, a month or two just to get all the receipts and track down everything you need in order to get your attorney that information. So part of it is it's a long process because it takes a while to get information. And then I think part of it is also, it takes time to convince someone to maybe change their mind or compromise, because I think when you hear the word lawsuit, you get defensive very quickly and it takes a while for people to come to the meeting of the minds and then it takes even longer for the court to say, okay, you guys have tried to work it out and you haven't been able to work it out. So now I need to find time with all my other cases to also figure out what we should do in your case.
1: Yeah. Uh, getting subpoenaed sucks. <laughs> it's
3: like one of the worst <laughs> things
1: I could ever come across. So we're, we're dealing with some, uh, with some COVID issues um, mm-hmm. where, I mean, we're in the insurance agents industry and, and uh, it, there's there's businesses that that were forced to close down. They were forced to close their doors because of social distancing, that sort of stuff. Uh, people who lost income and and all those sorts of situations. And we're having you know some clients that that reach out and try to get the, their insurance to pay for some of these policies, and it just doesn't happen. Right, it's not part of the coverage, or for whatever reason. Um, and then uh, what's inevitably happening is we get a blanket lawsuit. So they come after the insurance agent, they come after the corporations, they come after the insurance companies themselves. And even though, you know, our, you know, is going to cover most of this cost and, and take care of a, a lot of the litigation, the fact that you get a subpoena is very, I don't know, it, it sucks. It's not very a comfortable thing, but there's a strategy behind why it's a, why when we get sued, it's like a bunch of people being named. Can you help give some clarification on why that happens? Why don't they go after the one person? Why do they go after everybody?
3: So when you do sue somebody, you have to try and cast a wide wide net. Otherwise you lose your opportunity later. So what generally happens is if, you know, if I think that maybe you did something, but I'm not sure whether or not your brother was involved in that situation. It's better as the person suing to try to sue both people so that if it turns out later on that maybe James wasn't involved whatsoever, we can kick him out of the suit. But until then, we're not sure whether or not he might have done something which would affect the suit. So most of the time, attorneys will try to just suit or name every single person in the suit just to, you know, CYA and make sure that everybody is covered. And later on, they can sort out the pieces so that we don't lose that opportunity later.
1: Yeah, I hope uh I hope we don't both get sued. That would suck for sure. All right, uh we're going to take a, a small little break here. It's time.
0: All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Ham's Insurance tip of the day, and I'm actually prepared this time. I love it. As I mentioned on yesterday's show, there's a good chance that your insurance, homeowner's insurance, is impounded into your mortgage payment. So your annual premium has a direct effect on how much you pay every month on your mortgage. Don't you want to make sure that you're insured correctly? Something that we often see is over insurance. This tends to happen uh during a home purchase or a refinance when the lender wants the insurance policy to cover the full amount of the mortgage now here in San Diego our mortgages are much higher than people in say Bakersfield right but does it really cost that much more to rebuild our homes compared to theirs it doesn't the materials tend to cost the same the labor tends to cost the same things across the board generally tend to be about the same. That's why we make sure to value your insurance policy at reconstruction cost, not market value. So make sure that you're not overinsured with a policy review today with your agent. That is Ham's insurance tip of the day. Follow me on Twitter at insurancebroham.
1: well huh annie yeah he does that amazingly well right i don't know what it is <laughs> <laughs> and i was trying to figure out why his background looked a little, a little different the pictures are gone you're in the process of
0: moving the pictures I about are gone that. yeah yeah that's, that's what, it is. what it was that's what it is. those are little hanger things yep yeah
1: all right 21 minutes in let's see if we know annie well enough you ready for two truths and a lie
0: let's do I it am- Two
1: truths right. and two a lie. Two truths and a lie. So simple rules, Annie, you're going to tell us three things about, about you. Two of them are truths. One of them is a lie. James and I are going to try to guess the lie. Now, James has an advantage this time, so I'm just throwing it out there. If I get it wrong, <laughs> he knows Annie better than I do. But uh, we'll see. I got 22 minutes of learning a uh, little thing or two about Annie. So go for it.
3: Okay. Was I, A, named after the musical Annie? B Did I used to write lyrics, I'm sorry, rap lyrics in college because I wanted to be a DJ? Or three, was I an extra in a movie?
2: Damn, that was good.
3: All right, all right. (laughs) Uh, Then
1: after the musical, we got two musical things here. Now, when I was in college, I thought I was going to be like Eminem. I didn't think I was going to be like Eminem. I just really like Eminem. (laughs) So I'd walk around with my headphones on just listening to all his stuff all the time. So- Rapping in college, I'm going to connect with that one. I'm going to hope that that's a truth. <laughs> just so we have <laughs> something in common here. Uh, I can see you being an extra on a movie. Maybe uh, on the set of Law and Order or something. I don't know. Just one day, just be fulfilled a dream. So I'm going to go with you weren't named after the musical. That's going to be the lie. Ham?
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say that the extra being an extra in the movie is the lie because I feel like at some point we talked about Annie possibly being named after the movie so after the musical after the musical yeah sorry so I'm gonna say that being the extra in the movie that one's the lie
3: alright Annie you believe that I wrote rap lyrics in college yeah <laughs> why not okay first of all you're right hand I was not an extra in a movie. The other two are definitely true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have an advantage. I can't, I can't even fully take credit on that one. Right, yeah. A but, dub is a dub though. A dub is a that dub. you were writing lyrics in college.
1: Damn. Yeah, I didn't, we have never That's talked cool. about that before. Okay. So. Who's your
0: favorite rapper?
3: Ooh, I did like a lot of underground hip hop. Like I've saw a tribe in concert, a tribe called quest uh, Run DMC, run the jewels. I mean, there's, there's a lot of really good ones out there that I don't think I can pick one. Um, and side note, when I'm done with my legal career, I'm totally going to come back as a DJ.
2: Yes.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I
1: love it. (laughs) Uh, So let's say you get out of court and everything went your way. Do you like hop on and throw on some ice cube? Today was a good day. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super dope dude. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and you were actually named like, would your mom like the the musical so much she named you after Annie?
3: So my parents had picked out a different name uh, for me. So this is actually funny. So they were gonna name me Rona, which is now like pretty popular because of Corona. Yeah, um, that worked out great. Right. <laughs> And then for whatever reason, my older brother was singing that Tomorrow song when I was born. And the nurse said, you know, you should name your kid Annie. That's like a great name. And My parents were like, cool, I'll do that. So that's how it became.
1: Annie named after the musical. That's like my son. My son, mm-hmm. we were, you know, we were debating on different names. So we're actually going to name him Phoenix. Right. But uh, it was between Phoenix and Liam because we were looking at literally looking at movie credits for names. Right. And so uh, the day he was born, my mom calls uh, you know, I call my mom like, hey, mom, you know, the baby's coming today. And she's like, oh, awesome. Hey, by the way, did you know today's Liam Neeson's birthday? I was like, I guess Liam it is. <laughs> <laughs> You know that last that last minute naming that works. Otherwise, the baby's gonna be there and just be like, well, "What'd you name him?" I don't know. We haven't signed the certificate yet. <laughs> I don't know what the name's gonna be. <laughs> Who
3: knows? Maybe he'll awesome. be an action star, or he'll be a secret agent spy. There's so many things he could be. Right.
1: Actually, I think he's gonna end up singing tomorrow because he loves musicals. <laughs> <We'll
3: see. laughs> tomorrow,
0: tomorrow.
1: All right. All right. Andy. Yeah, good uh, voice, that kid. Yeah, he does. All right, I got another segment for you. You've been in business for a while. What advice would you give young entrepreneurs? So for young entrepreneurs just getting started, what advice would you give them?
3: So there's two pieces of advice I'd give them. Um, The first one's legal. The first one's not. The second one is not The first one that is legal is I would say, be really careful in the name. Like think about what that name is. Uh, Not only because you want it to be distinctive, you want your brand to be amazing, but you definitely don't wanna also get into legal trouble or you don't wanna have a a brand that's so close to somebody else's that it could be an issue. So I would say really wanna think about that when you're starting out your business so you don't have to redo things later if you do get into an issue. The second one I would say more than anything is believe in yourself because everybody is faking it until they make it. Mm -hmm. Everybody has those ups and downs and you know, there are times where you think things aren't going well, but if you really stay the course and you learn and you try to pivot and you have great mentors, you will definitely be successful. I like that.
1: The main, you know, the fake it till you make it, right? I think it's it's all a matter of perspective. Like, stop pretending that that you're already at that point. But at the same time, think of what it would be like to get there. Like, what steps do you need to take to get to that level? You know, there's a there's a there's a part of it, it that you know it, it kind of it, it bothers me in the sense of you know you can't hop on a podcast, for example, and say, "Yo, this is super awesome." But I'll give you I'll give you a super a super Example for us um, when we were looking at different <clears throat> taglines for the podcast when we were first getting started, we were like, you know what, we should put, you know, like number one podcast in San Diego or number one live podcast or something like that. And and I had a little qualm with that because we weren't, we we're just getting started, right? But. What convinced me was was, uh, one of the people I was talking to was like, but you know what, act like you're the number one, continue to get better, and then let the public decide if you're the number one. It's like almost any other product or service that you have out there. Put the best foot forward, try to create the best product, give the best quality service, and the market will decide whether you're number one or not.
3: Absolutely. You're probably the number one uh, business brother podcast in San Diego, probably the nation or the world, in my opinion. So I I know for sure that's true.
1: That's perfect. That's going to lead right into my next segment. I want to know tips and your two cents on the show. All right. I know, James, you want me to ask it differently, right? You want me to be real nice about it. Go ahead. How do I say
0: it? Oh, I, well, now, now I'm on the spot. <laughs> no, he, um, I don't know, what was your experience? I mean, how, how what did you think of the show? Have you ever yeah. been on any other podcast? And, and what did you think?
3: I have never been on another podcast before. You have definitely broken the seal, so to speak. And I would say that the experience has been extremely positive. It's so easy to talk to you guys. I did a little research about you guys before I started and listened to a couple episodes just to get a good sense of it. But so easy and nice to just have a quick conversation. And that's all it is. It's just having a conversation with someone. So it's great. Let me ask you this. Did Did the little segment pieces help? like, yes, because then it kind of signals to me like what's coming up and it gives me a second or two to think about what I want to say.
1: That was exactly, that was exactly why we, why I wanted to do it that way. It's like, these are typical general questions that I ask anyways, but it, for me, it's like, if I just ask you the question, there's no time for you to think about it. But if you see it come on the screen, you know, it's kind of coming, it allows for a little bit of a, of a thought process. And I think I get a better answer that way.
3: Plus the music and then it gives a little break between just one person talking. So I love mm-hmm. that part.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'll give you a little, a little cheat sheet because uh, I help people build their podcasts. I'm like, these segments are not only good for the guest and, and having a better conversation. They're great for post edit. So after the show's over and I go and create clips for social media, I just look for the segment pieces. And I know those are good pieces of content that I could repurpose quick, little editing done.
3: Huh. It sounds like, you know, a little bit about podcasting and how to teach people how to podcast.
1: I hope so. <laughs> Cause we're really close to we got two oh, more episodes man. and two we're episodes almost to
3: 500. Come. Woo! That is amazing. I am so, so excited for you guys. Congratulations. That's really hard to do.
1: Oh my gosh. It's been a heck of a ride. We love it though. It's because of the podcast that we're able to meet people like you, Annie. Uh, I mean, granted, James got to meet you at Junto. Yes, I know. Yes, <laughs> but you're
3: still out on who the cooler brother is, by the way, since I don't know you that well. That's what I'm talking about. He just,
0: <laughs> <laughs> jury's still out, but uh, I'm going to have a lawyer on my
1: side. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like that. Uh, no, it, it's it's funny because as a kid, it, as a kid, we I I know it would bother him all the time. It's it's not just the uh, the better looking brother, right? I throw that out there all the time. <laughs> no, but it's really it's the older brother syndrome, right? He's the middle child, so he's always had that middle child syndrome work, working against him. Uh, but now as we're older, uh, it's not like, it's not like he's living under a shadow or anything. He's got tremendous strengths that I reach out to and, 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 you know, I, I expect certain things done for, by him because of the quality of work that he does and, and vice versa. That's why he lets me hop on this mic and, and, and talk (laughs)
3: And, and help me out on the behind the scenes. So, you know, it is what it is. I think that both of you probably have a lot to contribute, so I wouldn't really shortchange yourself on a lot of the things that you do as well. Oh,
0: thank you. Thank you. We do all right.
3: Well, Annie,
1: thank you very much for coming on the program. Uh, I'm going to prop this up on the screen. Is there any last minute stuff you want to talk about? Any promotions you're doing? Any uh, any way that other ways that
3: people can get a hold of you? Sure. You can definitely find me on my website, which is www.connectivelegalservices.com. And certainly if anybody has questions, I know a lot of COVID-19 uh, issues with regards to what to do with my business, or I have concerns about that, or maybe like a liability waiver, those kinds of things I can definitely answer. So if you know anybody like that, definitely send them my way.
1: Awesome. Annie, thanks again for coming on the program. Ladies and gents, we got two episodes away from episode 500. Thank you all that's for- Friday. I know, I know. Two more ah! days on Friday. So uh, thank you guys very much for being part of the program. Annie, thanks again for being part of the show. And that's all we got for you guys on this. Hope day. day. Peace.
3: Thanks, guys. Bye.